I had a hobby too. Mine happened to be guns and ballistics. I studied guns and ballistics as much as I could and I wrote an article about high velocity. So out of all my years working at Weatherby, the last five have been some of the most exciting. Working with Adam, with him running the company. And to think that I get the opportunity of carrying on my grandfather's legacy 75 years later here in Sheridan, Wyoming, I mean, it really is a dream come true. On Our Mark, the Weatherby Podcast. All right, welcome to the Gritty Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Call, and we are uh, in a in a lodging on Kodiak Island. And uh, Brad Hunt and I are here along with uh, the Weatherby crew. We've got Adam Weatherby here. We're going to go around the room and do a few introductions. We also have Joe, who is not from Weatherby. Not and he's not Weatherby. with Gritty either. Who is Joe with? You're going to find out, folks, in just one moment. Let's start with you, Adam. Uh, give give folks who don't know uh, a little background on you and who you are real quick. You bet. Adam Weatherby. Grandpa started a gun company in 1945, and 78 years later, we're having the time of our lives uh, making the world's finest firearms and ammunition, Brian. Share, out of Sher- Sheridan, Wyoming. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Now, you started out in Kami, California. We started out that, in California. Right? I, or, I mean, California. It yeah. slips sometimes. Uh, yeah, we were. We moved it. So Brenda and I, my wife and I, moved it out to Wyoming from California uh, in 2018. Nice. And uh, and haven't looked back. It has been an amazing five years. And what's cool is, in, in kind of segue and introducing the rest of my team, uh-huh. is I think uh, a lot of things have been accomplished since moving to Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Um but the team that we've been able to develop, if Brenda and I are most proud of anything, it's the team we now have. So it's well, pretty exciting. And we let, have a few of them here, Brian. Yeah, let's meet that team. Folks yeah. that are listening, we're going to get into Kodiak Island. We hunted deer. We hunted ducks. We fished. Did a little of everything. We're going to get into that experience uh, here in a minute. But uh, let's continue with the introductions. We got Tyler. Yep, Tyler Grayton. I'm the marketing manager at Weatherby. I've been saying your name wrong forever. Everyone always says my last name wrong. So, <laughs> Grayton. Yeah, it looks like Grethen. So, that's what just, I, just that's say, how hey, I you. Say I'll, Is that I'll, how you say it, JD? I say it different every time. <laughs> Double mics. <laughs> um, I'm JD Ponciano, uh, product manager for Peak 44. Um, and Weatherby. What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Nobody there? knows. Nobody. It's really confusing. <laughs> Uh, I'm the product manager for Peak 44, so we build carbon fiber stocks for all the back countries, um, but we also make them for non-Weatherby, so REM 700, Tika, um, variety of other actions. We do Universal, so you can do Defiance and all the custom stuff, too. And you guys, uh, your your introduction to this area we came to hunt was through you, right, JD? You've Correct. You've been here yep. uh, how many times? This is my third trip. So, uh, first time I came with Jerry was in 2016. Um, back then you could kill three bucks. So we did the trip in 2016. Uh, it was phenomenal. We killed 18, I think. Then we did it again in 2017. Um, you're the reason they changed it to one buck per (laughs) non resident. Uh, but then I had this gap obviously from 17 to now. Um, so this is the first time I've been back since then. Nice. Yeah, I want to get uh, your perspective in a minute here uh, because you've been here before, what it was like this year in contrast to other years. But Tyler, going back to you, where are you from? I'm from Missouri originally. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm in the, the land of Mark Livesey for you gritty, <laughs> That's right. gritty listeners. I was just there yeah. uh, hanging and, out, hunting and white what did you What did you think of Missouri? It was a little, a little better than what you expected. Uh, well, right? I was expecting it to be a lot more dangerous and redneck, uh, <laughs> but it was actually kind of like being in Oregon or something with less, Whoa. with less homeless people. Yes. Less homeless people. For I sure. mean, maybe if I went to the right <laughs> spot, I would have yeah. found them, but no, we were in some beautiful uh, farm country, fresh cut corn. Lots of whitetails. Say probably some mix of some timber, a little bit of yeah. And there landscapes. was a few uh, highways and truck stops nearby, and yeah. some spots we were in. And so yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it was cool. It was gorgeous, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. So my opinion of Missouri is a little bit better than it was, but only a little because I do about know about Mark Livesey and his past and growing up there. <laughs> so there's there's dark. There's that. I think there's dark parts of Missouri. I just didn't see them. Yeah, there are definitely some some spots to not 
So how long? You, to. How long have you been to Weather at Weatherby? So then? I moved to Sheridan, Wyoming last August. I've been with Weatherby a little over a year, so okay. a year and a couple months. Yep. So yeah, it's been great. Sheridan's not that great. Are you the? Uh, <laughs> don't, move there. don't move there. In in the group, are you kind of the duck guy? I am I'm definitely in this in this crew the the duck guy for sure. Usually, so. I think duck guys are duck guys because they can't big game hunt. I I get I mix it up. I do a little bit of both. Whoa, whoa, shots, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> I just, I could be wrong. Hey, this is how I like to explain it. I enjoy big game hunting for like the chase, the experience. Yeah. But duck hunting is fun. I enjoy the camaraderie yeah, and, and like finishing birds, interacting. So I like that part of it. It's definitely, it was fun. Yeah, for sure. Like riding a carnival ride, but you know, killing a giant buck on a mountain has it like a, yeah, there's something about that. It. Yeah, it's different. I can't, I can't deny that. Okay. Yeah. All right. If there's manly duck hunting. This is the manly. This duck is hunting. manly duck. Hunting. <laughs> yeah. Say that again, Chady. If there's manly duck hunting, like this is the manliest. This, it's Tyler's Adam said it a bunch of times, hunter. like about that. This mm-hmm. is like a big game hunt. It's not like because you have to be selective. It's totally different from yeah. any other type of duck hunting. Yeah, we'll get into that. Well, sure. and and Brian's pretty. Pretty avid duck hunter, so he's probably <laughs> gonna have a lot to say about duck hunting today. <laughs> yeah. So uh moving on. Joe. Yeah. Joe Farinato. Currently I'm the the managing editor for Peterson's Hunting Magazine. Um, but by the time this comes out, it's uh, gonna change. I'll be over at Field Ethos, the associate publisher. So nice. Yeah, that's that's who that's I exciting. Am. I'm the mystery. A lot, of, a lot of things changing. Lots of things are changing. Right? Um, what was your impression overall of the Weatherby crew shooting animals out from under you all the time? Like it seemed like a, <laughs> it, was it seemed hurt, like it was you're hurtful. not, yeah, you're not on the team, really bro. You're yeah. like close. I feel you. Cause yeah. Adam kind of did that to us. Yeah, man. It was just, it was painful. I mean, I thought we were all friends <laughs> and you know, they just kind of like kicked me down the mountain. Tyler punched me in the eye. My eye swelled up, but hey, it was, it was rough. Then Adam pulled it out at the end. And, yeah, Adam and, did really uh, pull it out at the end. He kicked his his crew aside, and he's like, "Don't worry, Joe. I'll go with you. I'll be I'll be nice." You guys got a nice buck. Yeah, I got a really nice buck, and Adam was just on fire with the glass, man. He didn't he didn't even give me a chance to see deer. He was just like, "Look, there's deer here." Joe yeah, was on fire with the shooting, though. You would think because you know he's the fancy CEO and all that, he probably can't hunt. He just relies on a lot of people around him to get it done. But Adam can actually hunt. Yeah, that's not Adam Weatherby. He's like, he's hardcore, as hardcore as it gets. So, thanks, Joe. Yeah, we've drug him up and down a few mountains. Like, I don't think Adam's done a hunt with us that hasn't been physically no, in demanding. Fact, yeah, after I did that bear hunt with you guys, was that what year was that? 2021. 2021. Mm-hmm. I was like, what I told people was two things. I said, uh, yeah, the gritty crew there on uh, Ryan and I said, they're the real deal. They're authentic. And I just gained a lot of respect for them. Uh, second, not sure I want to hunt with them ever again. <laughs> so those were two realizations that I had. But it was fun, right? <laughs> no, you guys make such a good team, too, between the hunting and the filming. Because when you're behind the scenes with you guys, you realize it's constantly, it's hunting. But it's also, it's microphones, gimbals, tripods, big cameras, lav mics, battery charging, all these things. So you can do that. It, on an easy hunt, maybe fairly well, but the way you guys hunt, to do that and team it up, I think that's a lot of your success in the past several years has been you've you're you're a master of both those things, and and nice. I've definitely definitely realized that. Well, Brad, uh, Brad and I, uh, we did not shoot bucks on this trip. We could have, yeah, we we definitely could have shot bucks, but I don't know. My goal was to not just. I've never shot a, a second I was, black Look, I saw some giants and it ruined me the rest of the trip. I only wanted those. Yeah. Like, and like, I didn't we, want to do you know, we, we hunted five days for the same, basically two bucks. And we saw those bucks five days, but it's also super thick, nasty country that they just disappear in pretty quick. Yeah. And weather. That, that's what I've learned over, you know, just a few years with Grady and stuff is Alaska is not about the hunt itself. It's about the weather and and if you can hunt or not, right? You know, and so that weather weather is so dependent on on your success. I My think. first trip to hunt Sitka blacktails was Prince of Wales Island. It was August, I think it was nineteen ninety. No, anyway, it was uh, a <laughs> while ago, <laughs> and 
and uh, <laughs> Brian and I are the old guys in the bunch. <laughs> and um, uh, we rented a, we we flew out. We rented a car from uh, her name was Maggie. I think was the car's name. All of them had chick names, and there was like five of them. Uh, the rental car service. There's only one on POW Island. And then we drove that to a little spot we marked. And then we hiked up a mountain, bushwhacked all the way up to the top and uh, got into deer. Well, we were there, I think it was 10 days and we had two days of sunshine and, and eight days of downpouring rain. Never seen. So when we went up, the rain was about ankle deep the, or the creeks were about ankle deep. When we came back, they were chest deep, armpit deep. And you, we couldn't cross. We had to hike miles to find a log that had fallen so we could go across on a log. I tried to cross and I lost my trekking poles and a few other things. I'm like, this is a little swifter than I thought. Um, and then we, we got out of there. But I learned on that trip and subsequent trips that Alaskan uh, adventures are highly dependent on how many sunny days you can get. Because you could have a 10-day trip. We had two days. We killed all our bucks in those two days that were sunny. The other eight days, we was kind of just a grind and just trying to stay dry or being soaking wet. So yeah, on this I, trip, we had uh, we had a fair bit of wind. Yeah, like, and, I don't know. Anybody, I think, for me to tell anybody on a trip like this, it's like, if you can, plan those 10 to 12 to 14 days if possible. Because, again, weather, you may only get out of 12 days, you may only get four days, five days of actually like decent hunting. Yeah. When I went up with Cole Kramer years ago and the Leupold crew, it was the same thing. I think we had like two or three days, two, two really good hunt days. We killed all our deer on the like few days. The other days we just rode out the storms, mm -hmm. you know, we had a tsunami come and, and that kind of thing. So I'm curious, JD, uh, have, has the weather been similar in your previous two trips or? Yeah, similar. I feel like we got awfully lucky with uh, yeah. the way it turned out. We didn't lose any days to weather. Um, the last two trips I came were 10 day trips. So mm. we were here for a lot longer and we, you know, had days where it was just tough. We were up on the mountain, but you weren't, we did have one of those days, I guess, that we just didn't turn up many deer and it was just totally weather dependent, you know, that, mm -hmm. um, and I think the rut too, hitting the dates, right. That this trip here, um, aligned with one of those trips as far as almost exact same dates and the rut you know, was going really well. Um, where the other trip we came earlier and it just hadn't really started yet. So, um, mm. it was a noticeable difference. Red activity, um, weather, uh, these guys know their patterns and all that stuff a lot more. Like they were saying, if it gets super windy, those deer will come down lower. And then the moment that, that wind stops, they'll get back to elevation. But, um, and that was the same case, yeah. the two trips that we came when we had weather, you know, the deer came down and we actually shot some real close to the beach where, um, you know, when we didn't have as much weather, then you had to just climb to the top every day. Yeah, actually, you know that how we were looking at the website last night and saw JD with one of his bucks, that really yeah. big buck. Yeah, I'm he jealous. Said was, he said it was 100 yards off the beach. No. Wow. You also said you shot three bucks before noon? Yeah, uh, four. I mean, uh, not but, me. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, we were, we got dropped off all six of us on the beach together. Uh, my buddy Jeff shot one like on the beach. Uh, Jerry just turned around, you know, we loaded the buck in the boat. The rest of us went up the, the hill. I shot one with a bow, you know, five yards. Me and my dad are right next to each other. We're like hugging and high fiving the noise of that buck dying, called in another buck. My dad shot it with a rifle. I went to go look for it. Okay, folks. The hunt we were on was nothing like Not it. like this. <laughs> no, no. Just, no. He's painting a picture. It made then, this sound then like. Then after he shot the rifle one, he shot that big buck that we saw on the website with Man. the bow. That was the you know third one, just me and my dad. And then my buddy Cody shot one. I heard him shoot. And I got on the radio and was like, everybody stop shooting. No more shooting deer. <laughs> like, we got to take it easy. Wow. This trip, we, we saw a lot of deer. Like, it was kind of hard to be not complaining, but we're like, Oh, super slow today. And we still, yeah. you know, we're getting oh, into yeah. them. It just, you have these expectations of kind of almost unrealistic expectations that there's just deer everywhere. The, that the crew amateur. before us though, those guys <laughs> yeah. struggled a little bit and those guys get after it. So, um, I think it's, it, there's a lot of it. There's, there's weather. Well, one of the things that, uh, that, uh, we learned on this trip from the crew that was here before and, uh, some of the guys that are here helping us out the grass and the vegetation. The that leaves, was a big thing I they forgot. Were, they were hanging on. It was tall, taller than uh, these guys have seen it in 
10, 15 years. If they don't get the snow and the rain to knock that grass down, then it's up like oh, it dude, is. It's so it's like a jungle out there. Like, and the deer, they just disappear into yeah. it. So it's obviously tough finding them, but getting there's through so it was the toughest part. so much sign everywhere. Yeah. And so you know there's just bucks high, low. You go, well, maybe they're high. There's just, there's- They're everywhere. There's sign at all levels. It just depends if they're going to come out because the brush is so thick. Uh, we did see some Kodiak brown bears. And we had some following us around a bit through the woods. You stink. That was eerie. <laughs> the first morning, me, me, yeah. you, and Brad saw that one at, what do you think it was, 80 yards? Yeah, we were just yeah. chatting, talking on the camera. Actually, I'm like, oh, there's a grizzly. There's a grizzly. And he's just walking by through the woods. Didn't see us. We, I think we saw that same bear, but obviously that evening when we were coming mm-hmm. down with Tyler's buck, the real dark colored one. Yep, yep. But we were a lot further. Those than tracks that you saw last night, we were out last night, yep. you and JD, That those are the biggest bear tracks I've ever seen in my life. Those are huge. They look ridiculous, the photos yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that was another, yeah. That's a, I've never seen, I've seen a handful, I've seen some big tracks. Those were different, next level. Like so, they don't leave it look real, man. It's like like a car moving through the woods. So the crazy part was when I realized we were literally standing on those tracks, sounding off a predator call. Yeah, to try to call in fox, Adam's idea. And at that moment, <laughs> I was like, "Wait, bears are predators too, right?" <laughs> it was. Yeah, the- Adam, did you notice that Brian separated himself from us at that point? He like went and said he was going to go glass somewhere else. I was going to get him coming in on the fringes. Yeah. Uh, I noticed. Um, so, JD, you got a wolf, a fox. Yeah, we didn't shoot any wolves. No, there's no wolf. Yeah, a fox. Um, and uh, Kodiak Island has some beautiful foxes, and and usually uh, it's uh, when I've been here, there's been one or two that get taken. So you got one, and Brad got one. Both uh, red, correct, right? Um, and uh, yours was a female, mm-hmm. and Brad's was a male. I've been on a f- number of hunts, and I don't think we've ever taken a male. So it was my first experience smelling. <laughs> they stink that so bad. Thing. Holy smokes! They. I didn't know a fox could smell like that. I washed my backpack and it's still just awful. It's not good. Yeah, Brad Brad shot that fox. Yeah, we like <clears throat> it smells Brian like a first, skunk. So like I don't know, I've just shot a lot of foxes at home and stuff and and they they stink, but the Kodiak fox is like a whole nother <laughs> level. And it must be the fish or the muscle. I don't the, know what it is. It's a really or... skunky and then just like a, a high ammonia type smell. I don't know, but it's, it's burning our eyes. And- I, I took my rain fly on my pack and I put it on my pack and I strapped the fox to that. Cause I'm like, I'd rather not have it on my backpack itself. And so this whole time, like if I don't have the rain fly, it's in a Ziploc bag. And even right now, like my big duffel stinks so bad, like Fox. And I think we had that, that bear. Mm-hmm kind of tracking our stepping in our tracks. And I think part of it was probably Brad stink on my rain pants. When, when we, when I loaded that Fox, it probably dripped on my rain pants a little bit. Probably. It, it, your rain okay, pants. Okay. It did. They, oh, they're, they're in a Ziploc bag too. So I think that bear was, was just kind of. Who, who knows? But, scent, uh, but he, he definitely found, cut our tracks and then he just followed them for a yeah. good half a mile, maybe. Yep. And, uh, probably, Probably we we went down for about two hours, came back, uh-huh. and he had followed us in that window. So he's lurking around us somewhere, and he wasn't afraid of us. He was following us. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But um, when you smell like skunk, I guess it's appealing. Maybe. Otherwise, I can't imagine why you'd want to follow human scent in general. You know. But uh, yeah, yeah. The foxes up here are cool. Like I mean, JD's is a pup. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all reality, like mine is like there's not hardly any difference between ours. I think it's just a male and a female, and it's an inch taller. My tail was significant. <laughs> just true. That is true, and it's white tip. So it's a. I think it's a more pretty coat. Yeah. Than, than mine for sure. All right. So so let's talk a little bit. Uh, we got to get we got to get our uh, young cameraman, yes. photographer extraordinaire, onto the uh, show here. So we got Kobe Owens. And uh, Kobe, you're 17. 
Might look like it, but uh, I'm I'm 25 here. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, uh, I'm Kobe Owens. I'm uh, the new content producer at Weatherby. Uh, I started this late September. Uh, grew up in Montana and uh, just made the move to Sheridan and absolutely loving it. Uh, Adam and I have missed my second hunt out with him. First one uh, wasn't his hunt, but we've got to spend some good time in the woods together. And uh, yeah, just just loving it and making some photo magic. So uh, how long have you been with Weatherby then? It's been two, two months? months. Yeah. Two months. And uh, you're not thinking of quitting, right? Like no. you're in. I'm I'm in Kodiak, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's been life changing because I was freelancing before. Uh-huh. Um, so to uh, have worked really really hard to uh, get an opportunity like this, it's uh-huh. just uh, yeah, it's it's life changing. Well, your photography has been a joy to look at. It's incredible. Um, Adam told me before we met that you're you know pumped you up very talented young uh up and coming uh talent that he snatched up and has <laughs> now locked in at Weatherby and so um excited to see the rest of what you do put together um so how was it filming this trip uh and and taking the photos and everything was it what you kind of expected or um no i didn't really know what to expect terrain wise um so it but the weather wise, yes, windy, wet, just typical Kodiak weather. I had the you know the Kodiak jacket. Yeah. I see why it has its name. <laughs> um, but uh, how was it trying to film and photograph in this these conditions? Your cameras are just gonna get wet no matter what. Like it, it there's nothing you can do about it. But um, running the Sony's, it's uh, I I really trust their water tightness and um, ability in, in bad weather. Um, I think the biggest issue. Um, you know, is, is the wind with audio, right? Mm -hmm. Like just trying to get that good audio because that can make or break it. So trying to manage that and get tucked into little coves to kind of like, Hey, let's do a little update or, uh, get some conversing and and stuff like that. Um, audio is super tough in these conditions and lens is fogging up or getting just rained on that. That's the other thing. When you got that wet, and it's just cold enough, but not freezing or it freezes for a moment and then gets cold, j- the yeah. warms up. Like you're just constantly toweling off lenses and stuff. Yeah. It's a pain. Yeah. I mean, multiple days is like, well, I should have brought four microfibers instead of yeah. three. Like we brought a towel. Soaked. We grabbed one of Jerry's towels and we just brought it with us and started using. <laughs> yeah. The I have those towel. big, like 10 by 10 microfibers that you just buy like. 12 pack at Walmart I for need, 10 bucks. and We need a lot more of those. I mean, I yeah. I throw them away at the end of trips a lot of times because they just get so, like, it's all the stuff stuck to yeah. them, right? And we're, mm-hmm. or we're cleaning shotguns with one of them because of the, <laughs> the salt water. Yeah, so see, that's, like, that's what I had is I have one of, like, the big cl- gun cleaning ones. Yeah. It's a big, thick microfiber. And that for those days that it was raining, like, quick, half the day, it's already gone. It's soaked, waterlogged. It's like, put it in your pack because it's, yeah. it's not worth a dang anymore. Yeah. So let's talk about the uh, the weapons, the weaponry used on this trip. <laughs> Everybody was, uh, some of us had similar setups, mm-hmm. but uh, Adam, uh, you shot a, you shot the best buck of the trip. Yes, that's yes, correct. Hundred percent. Yes, that's correct. You did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a handsome stud. Uh, not you, the buck. He's and, a great uh, buck. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, you too. Yeah. You're you're handsome. <laughs> no, we saw him. Uh, I actually, I'll tell the story here. I, I I think I spotted this buck skylined day one. Day one, probably ten a.m. Maybe a mile uh-huh. up top, thousand foot higher than us. Um, while I was doing that because we were in the trees, uh, it was just Brian, Brad, and I hunting, <laughs> and they couldn't see. So they decided to go build a tree fort. <laughs> so they climbed up extremely high in these trees and were glassing. Yeah. And we I were in went, a forest, but there was deer on the mountain and we wanted to see Hey, it. you know what? I ran off the bat as soon as, I wasn't five seconds when I yeah. climbed the tree. I spotted a doe right away. It was like, there's deer. I went right for there. the more mature route mm. of just kind of foraging on the ground right. uh, rather than climbing the trees. So anyways, I was there. We actually were all kind of spotting bucks and does and things at the same time. And I saw a buck on the skyline Mm -hmm. enough, and I put my spotter, because I think you guys were binos because you're up in the tree. It's hard to put a tripod there. And 
saw that it was a three by four. Yep. And it was a great buck. Then that morning, we almost lost sight of that buck because we saw about five bucks in the next 30 minutes. Yeah. And we saw another buck that was a pretty decent buck. I think one of the top two bucks that we saw. And Adam had him in his sights. And yet we didn't really know. Brian and I were in the tree and we actually had the camera rolling on the buck. Adam abandoned his cameraman and and then he, he had him in his crosshairs, but. So technically you could have shot the buck and we would have had it on film most likely because they were up in the tree about a hundred yards behind me. We were filming from in the tree. I'm like, it's opening morning that he was aiming at. These guys are probably going to want to do a film. (laughs) I'm just laying my eyes on the first few Sitka blacktails and uh could have could have shot one of those bucks yeah, yeah it was very cool that was a yeah. that was the best day i think mm-hmm. just as far as big buck sightings Blood activity but um so when you got on your buck which yeah. was the it was the next day right yeah in the very next Correct. day yeah i think it was um and when we got up in there the buck came out now what were you shooting I was shooting the Weatherby 6.5 RPM with the 124 hammer. It was in our backcountry carbon setup, Peak 44 carbon fiber stock. Light was great for this. Yeah. Um, 6.5 RPM, I've killed a lot of things with. Bullet? Uh, the 124 grain uh, hammer. Mm-hmm. It's a custom bullet they make for us. They're out of Kalispell, Montana. Make a really great bullet. Inherently the most accurate bullet uh, that we use. It's a great bullet. Um, it's all copper. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, late, it's lathe turned, but it's made you know, for a hunting, hunting environment. However, when I got here, two things, the wind and all the brush, mm-hmm. there's part of me that wishes I had a heavier bullet and heavier caliber. Yeah, like a 338 RPM is like, we've talked about this a lot. I think yeah. is an ideal round for here and set up because short barrel hiking through the brush, you can use it as a bear gun. You yes. can use it for deer. It has a heavier bullet to fight the wind. Cause I mean, days like when you shot your buck, 40 plus mile an hour gusts. Right. I mean, it doesn't take much. There was a couple bucks, too, that we had in some thick, and you're like, I could get a bullet in there, but not this bullet. You remember yeah. that, that bear hunt I did with you guys when we had yeah. the picture of me shooting my bear, mm-hmm. and it hit a stick, yeah, and that stick, stick through, remember, yep. in slow-mo, Brad, yep, remember, right. flipped off the branch. And yep. then still went through and hit the bear and hit it solid. That's correct. So uh, so anyways, I, I think mainly because of wind, because we were battling yeah. even when Joe and I went up. There was heavy hold, like we're measuring in feet, not in inches on wind drift on yep, bullets. Yep. Uh, you know, probably in hindsight for me, I would I would take a heavier, heavier caliber, heavier bullet. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyways, that's that's what I was shooting, and yep. I've killed a ton of things with it. Um, mm-hmm. Love it. It just, when it blows up on that hill, it just that wind. blows. Yeah. Brad, uh, you were, we, we were carrying. We had the, 30, the new 307, the Alpine MTT models. Uh, I love that rifle. Like I've shot it a, like since I've had it. I haven't had it that long, just a few weeks, but I've put a lot of rounds through it. Just getting a feel for it. I don't know. I like to get behind my setup. I like to shoot it, shoot it out as far as I can. Just, just to know, like you want to know your setup. And obviously it's harder at longer ranges with that current setup because it's 124 grain bullet. Like mm-hmm. it's going to carry through the wind. It's going to move, but man, it is accurate. Like at 300 yards, you could cover that sucker almost with like a, with a silver dollar. I mean, 200, you could cover it with a quarter. So it's like, it's super accurate and lightweight folding stock. I mean, it, you guys I mean, I got, we literally stock. had it in our backpacks, like in yeah, our backpacks, fold that thing up, going through this nasty backpack, stuff. Yeah. You're done. Like, yep. and it, it, because it's the way that it's set up, it's, it's probably above my pack, maybe just a couple two, three inches. inches. Yep. But if I run a little sling on the side there, that barrel is going to be well below uh, all I needed is a little bit of drop there. And that thing is now yep. the height of your back. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing too, is with that it's rifle, so you know, the six, nice. five doesn't not like it's going to break your shoulder when it, you shoot it. So you take the break off and there's another two inches gone right there on yeah. the barrel height. You know, what else is nice too, is just being able to throw it on a fluid head or a tripod, whatever you got your Arca Swiss, just yeah. slap it on there. And now you're, especially in this country, cause you're dealing with so much brush like and grass. 99% of the time. You're not you're, getting prone. You're not getting prone. Yep. You're shooting from above the no. standing up Joe, almost. You, you shot yours prone. Yeah. I think that was. Yeah. It was mostly prone with some extra help <laughs> to get it a little higher. Back, a backpack yeah. under your bipod? Yeah. Fully extended Spartan bipod <laughs> on top of the backpack. And I was sitting kind of funky, but it worked. It worked out. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Yeah, I, I feel like, um, yeah, we learned a lot on this trip with the with the with the guns. I shot mine the first time when we got here. Uh, JD, you set it up, didn't you? I got to say, you did a great job because, I mean, <laughs> there's a black dot, and I hit the center of the black dot. Like it, it was like a dime. I mean, I, I'm not tooting my own horn or anything, but I was a really good shot. <laughs> and no, we went to sight uh, in here. <laughs> yeah, Brian shot the bullseye out, and it was windy that day too when yeah, we when we was. got here. So the only reason we Adam did not shoot the bullseye out is because we're sighted in for 200 yards. We're zeroed at 200, so yes, we were above the correct. black dot. <laughs> that's what they say. That's what they say. Yeah, no. I think it was left and right quite a bit too. But I mean, <laughs> touching black. Dot. No, but it was. Uh, it, it, it's a. It's a really neat gun. I'm excited to get it on some more trips. We Still. were hoping we could take it to Mexico on this upcoming trip, but yeah, uh, just not enough time. Not to enough time to get it. Paperwork. paperwork. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But pretty stoked on that. Now, JD, you were not. What you? What were you running? I was shooting a Mark Five uh, Apex. So in 240 Weatherby. Um, not exactly a huge caliber, but we were going over the list of guns that we had to bring. Uh, we had four shotguns. It ended up being a total of nine. So we were trying to cut one and the two trips previous, um, I killed three with a bow and three with a gun, but three, two of the three that I killed with a gun were within bow range. So I was envisioning we were going to have some closer shots and we just talked about it like the 240s perfect fox gun. Um, the apex has the new bastion stock on it. I love that. Um, we just thought it'd be a good one to bring and it worked perfect. It was awesome. I was shooting 72 grain hammers. So, and how, like going how fast? 3,600. So <laughs> it's scooting. So, um, I, I zeroed at 200 and then, I mean, out to 300, I didn't have to do anything. So, um, the Fox was 247 yards, I think. And then the, um, the buck I shot was 244. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that buck was Joe's, but you just shot it out from under him. He needs to be faster on the gun. This is the bottom line. <laughs> Do you want me to go into that? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's hear this. Thing. We're going up the mountain, and Joe was going to be shooter, 100%. I'm so glad he, I have the mic and he can't say anything. Uh, we're going up the mountain, and it, we were drenched. Like, it, it absolutely dumped the whole morning. And so it was like 10.30 or something like that. Uh, we were just going to grab a snack. And the day before, Joe and I had been in this same little bowl, and there was like 10 does in this spot. So we were pretty confident. Um that we would get into the deer. We set our backpacks down. Dang it. And <laughs> as soon as we do, Joe had to go, uh, take a leak. So he's over there and he spots the buck and he's like, buck up so there. Like, are you mid leak? Like, yeah. I was doing my due diligence. You mid-flow, know, I'm you always paying attention, always paying attention. ABG, ABG, always be glassing. That is always be glass. That- always bring your gun. Was the other one. <laughs> okay, okay. JD will will make you think that I was like forty yards away from that's, him. That's 15, a lot of multitasking. Fifteen yards. I, Fifteen yards. But I look over. He says, "There's a buck." It was like three steps. Kobe and I are looking like at the skyline, like a mile <laughs> away, like not even close. And then we're like, "Oh, he's right there." And I had set my backpack down, pulled snacks out, but laid my gun down as you should. He laid it uh, like it was already on his backpack, ready to go. With the like bipod. he knew the buck was coming out yeah. right there. <laughs> And all ready to go. And I looked at Joe and the buck and we'd had a bunch of these times where these bucks, they just do disappear into the alders. And yeah. he was two steps from the alders and I've been on that hillside. The other side is just a sea of alders. So I got on the gun. I asked Kobe, are you on him? And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And yeah. he got set up and I was like, you better hustle. <laughs> I was ready to go. And as soon as he said, good, I touched one off and it, I, I thought that I'd made a bad shot. And so, and Kobe did too. He's really good for my confidence. He's like, yeah, you definitely shot him in the guts. <laughs> <laughs> they were both so worried. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw him fall over. Yeah, like he right said there he on the kicking. edge of the alders, guys. They're like, no, he's definitely gut shot. This is going to be really bad. I'm like, I had not very so. much confidence after, you know, not being sure myself what happened. There's mist, you know, and, yeah. but when the buck ran, it looked like that, that was, you know, further back. We heard it hit for sure. Yeah. yeah. But it was a great hit. Yes. Yeah. It was, so it only went twenty. So or in hindsight, now that we're all sitting here, and when I think we need to judge uh, as a group collectively, uh, was it the proper move for Joe to uh, for, for JD to shoot the buck, or was it proper etiquette for him to wait and let Joe shoot it and let it get away potentially? So, so what, what's the consensus? Well, I think JD also, made the right call. He made I think the right. We, yeah, I think we have to back up because. Tyler, Joe, and JD had been hunting the first day, 
Tyler's the marketing manager. You know, they invite Joe on the trip as as a guest. Um, but Tyler, the day before, had or a couple days before, uh-huh. had actually uh, shot a buck out from under Joe as well. <laughs> so maybe we should hear who's worse, JD or Tyler. Tyler, that's a better. Set. All right, so <laughs> let me let me set the record straight here. So it's uh, the night before day one, and Joe's like, Tyler, I'm gonna pass the first buck anyways, and you're gonna shoot the first deer. I'm like, no, no, no. I didn't say it quite like that. I said, <laughs> no. I said, Tyler, I want you to shoot first yeah. because you were up here earlier in the year hunting moose, and yeah. You- unfortunately didn't get one yeah i've been fortunate enough this year to have a lot of successful hunts that i feel really blessed about so i wanted joe's saying he's have... a way better hunter than me that no i'm just saying <laughs> i had some great opportunities yeah. and i wanted you to take take the first shot because so, i knew how excited you were about that. yeah i was i was pumped and but i'm like no joe you're gonna shoot first you're gonna shoot first so and then i said i'll get the first rider refusal how about that yeah so it made it easy and you know so we get dropped off at the beach in the morning which we gave you guys you know the easy hike in so we took oh, yeah. we took the lo- long way around <laughs> these suckers send us a pin and say hey we saw got some intel of a big buck right here we'll stay out of there well, nine miles later, they're standing on top of that pin. <laughs> hey, stop. We're like flagging with glassing pads. Like, we have bucks. Don't go. Yeah. Well, so, so back back to the story. We're cutting, cutting brush, all this good stuff. We're starting to spot some deer. We're going to go to the top. That was kind of our goal was to do this big loop. And we're seeing deer. We're trying to pick our way through. And um, we come to this one opening. We see like our first shooter buck, about 350. And it was like one of those things where it was quick. And Joe was trying to get set up on him. He's like, Tyler, do you want to shoot him? I'm like, shoot that deer. And then just like Kodiak, it just popped right into the bushes. So we're like, ah. I never saw the deer. I was looking <laughs> in the complete wrong spot. I saw like the deer. JD's like, he's in that yellow patch right there. I'm like, let's see a deer. Which yellow patch? Yeah. You know how it is talking people into yeah. a critter yeah. and you're trying to give landmarks. And I was like, it's in the snow, top left. Yeah. And then we, they were doing this discussion. Yeah, and Joe's shoot, in front no, of me. I'm shoot. like, shoot it. <laughs> and so after that, I was like, how about we both set up next yeah. time? And then whoever's ready, you just shoot. So that is a very important piece of information mm. is what JD just said. Both get set up just right, in case. Right. So we go, we have lunch. The priority is getting a buck yeah. down. Yep. So yeah. the group before us said it had been pretty tough. So we were, and we hadn't, this was day one. So we don't yeah. know. we're like, yeah. we got to take every opportunity we can. So we go have lunch. We're, we're on this good glossy knob. We see a bunch of bucks riding below us and we're like, okay, well, let's just start making our way back towards our pickup spot. And as we kind of get to where we lost that, that buck, um, we were kind of getting into some good stuff. And then it was super quick, right past that thicket that he went into, we, buck stands up. So we're doing the mad dash and scrambling. Everyone's getting set up. Joe gets set up. I get set up. And this is kind of the funny part. JD goes, someone needs to shoot that buck. And I'm like on the gun already. And Joe looks over at me. He's like, Tyler, do you want to shoot? I'm like, no, no, you you can shoot it. And he's like, shoot it. And it's like into kill mode right after that. So <laughs> Tyler had already clicked the safety off. <laughs> I was like, no, you shoot it. <laughs> he just needed it. To- so <laughs> as soon as Joe said, shoot it, then uh, Kobe was rolling and. Yeah, I was Wait. shooting a 300 Weatherby. So, so, oh, okay, so you you really put the hurt on him. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I didn't <laughs> yeah. want to leave no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So I was shooting our new High Country, has a Bastion stock. I love that stock. It's super comfortable. So mm-hmm. 195 hammers. 195 grain hammers. Nice. But the, what Brad segued to, he uh-huh. shoots the buck, makes a great shot. We get it all taken care of, loaded in backpack. That's when you march through our hunt spot. Then we're heading back. But <laughs> to, we got to keep backing up. In the morning when we're... <laughs> Leaving, I give you guys the pin, and I'm like, hunt this way. Yeah. They get in there and see bucks, and in fairness, who would leave bucks to go yeah. look for them? But we assumed you guys would be a long ways, you know, this way, and uh-huh. didn't think you'd be anywhere near. We're coming out, and we get to, like, the worst spot on the hill. It's awful. We're sinking in this creek up to our knees. Kobe, I look back, and just the worst noise ever, and big, tall Randy Johnson over here just goes into the creek up to his knees, and then... Right then, they're flagging us like, "No, we got bucks. Don't don't yeah. go that way." And and we had just dropped a bunch of elevation, and there's just a wall of alders, so we can't just head over, you know. Yeah. And you guys are pointing like, "Oh, just go that way. No big deal." <laughs> and it's like we got to go back up the mountain. Yeah, 
I was a real grumpasaurus pretty quick. (laughs) And we go up and over. And there was a doe that's like, what? You guys could see her. Yeah, in frame with us. So, yeah, no, she was 25 yards. I'm literally ranging the doe and ranging you guys. And I'm like, she's just feeding. And I'm like, they're they're too close. The buck is like 200 yards over to the side. Like, we're screwed. The buck's out of here. I've come down... I've come down that hill a number of times Yeah, where we were coming That's right where you guys it. are That's at is the it. spot anywhere else. Like it's where you made us go was pretty awful. <laughs> and we had seen a brown bear. So we forgot that part of the story. When we were up and had elevation, we could see the brown bear and we were like, yeah, maybe we'll just skirt this way <laughs> yeah. just a touch. And then I had no idea that we had come right exactly to the pin that I said. We had a great so. thing going on. There was, there are two giant bucks rutting each other and circling and doing all that stuff. Then when you guys came, they all ran over to this hill and they were looking back at you guys like, what are you guys doing? What is over there? Why is this? And then they kind of shifted to the left quite a ways around the hill. And then they kind of rutted in all that. You guys left and some of the does came back out, but the bucks kind of, I don't know where they went. That's why we went up around the next day a little further. Cause it seemed like they had sort of pushed around. But one of the reasons I asked about, um, you know, I still don't have a clear, 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 you know, JD made the right call. Is that what I'm hearing? And, uh, yeah, I, I think he made the yes, right call because, because there's like, a dead buck now. Yeah. 100%. And, um, yeah, Brad made the wrong call uh, a few days. Yeah, Brad. Oh, oh yeah. the bus hey, you is know moving <laughs> and Brad is laying down. We were, in a super, we were in a super quick, fast situation, and I got Adam's kill all on film with both cameras, and I had the big buck, the Brad, Megasaurus, as we would we say. we had a Kodiak Megasaurus buck in the crosshairs. At 186 and 147 yards. And I'm fumbling to get my for, camera out. But the camera guy wasn't quite ready. Fumbling you know? to get the camera ready. And uh, not quite as quick as you, is he, Brad? In hindsight, I should have. Let's let's remember. Remember, I was over there going, "Hey, to stop your buck from walking away." And he walked, and he walked, and he walked. He stopped once when I whistled and was like, "What was that?" And then he kept going. Um, I expected Brad to shoot that buck if I couldn't get the camera up in time. But Brad, Brad was like, "No, I'm going to wait for the camera to roll." But he cares about your audience, Brian. I don't. Like I want dead bucks. I want dead giant bucks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like. I should have shot. And Hyde's like, I obviously should have shot. But so could have came home with a stud buck. But I, I have no regrets. So who came home with the biggest buck then? Brian? You, uh, Adam stole Adam my Weatherby. buck. Um, Adam Weatherby. No. <laughs> right. So we, JD it's stole. Weatherby crew issue. <laughs> He's got yeah, it. Weatherby. <laughs> they make good rifles. Here's the deal. If people. we invite you on a hunt, <laughs> we invite you on a hunt, you better be really quick on your gun. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. The guns shoot fast and so do the people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, when Tyler texted me in, in July, he was like, hey, man, I don't know if you've heard, but we're going to Kodiak. And I was like, sweet. And then he's like, we're doing, you know, there'll be bird hunting, duck, you know, duck hunting, uh, fishing and the deer hunting. And then we got to talk a little bit more about ducks. And I'm like, ah, I think it'd be cool. And all my buddies who are like avid duck hunters are like, you know, you're going up there. You, you have to shoot this, this, and this. They're like world-renowned ducks, you know? And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Well, I think now I'm like a full-time legit duck hunter. Um, <laughs> he was shot, shot, shot for bird shot dogs. Harlequins. So <laughs> I'm like looking for dogs. I'm looking for <laughs> what, all this other, boats, all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, and I think that was my highlight. Like I love the deer hunting, obviously, but it's, I've never done the black tail deer hunting, but at the same time, like I've never done sea duck hunting. And it's something that was incredible. Like we had a rough day on the water, but man, you have so much opportunity up here, the fishing, the the duck hunting, the the deer. And it's cool. Cause it's like, not just your normal average tundra flatland, what I had in mind for Kodiak deer. Like we're in the Where rugged mountains, yeah. you know, you're climbing 1500 feet, 2000 feet to the top in some terrible you know, conditions when it comes to brush. Yeah, when I was here uh, hunting blacktails, it was um, real flat, open country. When I hunted mountain goats here, it was off the road system, and it was all green and, you know, thick. This is like a whole nother... uh, We saw mountains like this where I hunted blacktails with with coal back in the day. We just didn't hunt them because there was so much flatland. I'm just valleys of flatlands. And um, it was a lot harder here. 
you know, it's forested and thick. And then you got your mountains, uh, your alder brush. It's, it's serious. Uh, it was really cool country. And I think the, the bird hunting, we, Adam, we shot off the, uh, the bank, Brad, you shot out in the middle of the yeah, ocean. on the boat. And so like, I don't know, that was something I really wanted to do because in my mind, I, I mean, you're still, it's still different in duck hunting. Like the little bit of duck hunting I've done in the lower 48 is you're shooting everybody's pop, 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 pop is whatever's coming in type thing, you know, where here, I mean, you're, you're, you physically feel like you're hunting the duck species because as they're coming in, you know, you have guys like Nolan who's out there on the water helping us and stuff. And he's, he's looking through the binos and he's like, okay, the two in the front are drakes. The two in the back are hens. Like only shoot those two, or you've already shot two of this species. So like, you can't, don't shoot this other one. You have to only shoot this certain species. So like, you're really hunting the ducks versus just shooting ducks. So, I mean, it, yeah. I don't know, for me, it was, it was awesome. So going around the room here, I have a question for each of you. Uh, we can start, we could start uh, with Tyler and uh, then JD joe come come around the room what are uh putting you on the spot here you ready for this tyler i'm ready here we go grethren i mean gretton Grayton. great great third time's a charm that's right uh what are what are what is uh something you feel like you made the right call on on this hunt they're like okay got that right that that was a great move like the highlight and then um what's something you feel like is a lesson learned? Like next time, this is something you're going to lodge in your memory now for all future hunts, trips, that kind of thing. Man, I just feel like I nailed it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I would say uh, preparation for like uh, gun cleaning. I think I did well on that just with the, with the shotguns in general. That was kind of my baby on this trip. Um, was doing some of the shotgun stuff and just making sure with like the harsh conditions, like mm -hmm. we're, we're in, we're in salt water and all that stuff. So making sure those guns are running good, bringing the, just taking the extra time to bring a little bit of cleaning supplies and stuff. Yeah. So that was definitely number one. Um, number two would be doing a few more like heavy lifting things because I did on day two, like my, my knee, I could feel was not as strong. So like, cause there's a lot of side hilling here. So mm -hmm. I think maybe doing a little less cardio, a little more like strength training, I think would have maybe stabilized my knees a little bit. Cause I also wasn't like expecting the super high elevation gain and loss. I knew it would be mountainous, but not like every day from the beach to the top. Yeah. So I would say I maybe a, a little, though. I told him like 10 times <laughs> that it was super steep. Well, I don't always listen to JD. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, uh, maybe just a little more strength training yeah. for the like literal physical walking uphills instead of just cardio. Yeah. Gotcha. JD. One thing I nailed shooting Joe's buck hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the thing I did terrible was pack this trip. I've been twice. I should know better. But for some reason, I took out all the things that I needed at the last minute. <laughs> like puffy pants? Puffy pants. All these things that like, there's absolutely no reason to be They're like, like oh, they're too heavy. Or there was no reason for all the things <laughs> that I took out last minute that yeah. I was like, oh, everybody has those and I'm freezing to death. This is awesome. Oh, so it was cold. Every day I had everything that I brought <laughs> and I was struggling a little bit. So yeah. I did not pack well. Yeah. We talked about that last night. That, that's pretty easy to under, under to do, right? You leave a key piece of warm clothing and then whether it be a glove, set of gloves or the right, and it makes all the difference, you Big know, time. in terms of your comfort. Yeah. So one thing I felt like I did good was, uh, packing like for layering. I felt yeah. like I layered really good, which I'm usually really bad at. So I was really proud of myself because <laughs> the difference between the bottom and the top, like when you're hiking through the bottom and stuff, it was getting really warm. So like, obviously we had to stop a lot and change layers, but I never felt like I got too sweated up. Like I couldn't function. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I did terribly on was duck hunting my feet were freezing. Mm. I thought my feet were going to fall off. Like JD and I kept looking at each other like, do your feet hurt? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But my, my, feet, my feet hurt really bad. Yeah. But, yeah. That's easy to do. Yeah. But other than that, man, it was just, a, I think it's a successful trip. Yeah. Even though JD shot my book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, we were testing some uh, shotguns while we were up here and those birds fly fast on like they're flying flat and fast on the water so like shooting the shotgun you know was nice i mean smoked that harlequin out of the air one of them 
But I would say the other thing was, and Brian does this too, in preparation for these hunts, because I, I like my Laponias. We're hiking the mountains a lot up here. You know, it's steep. I don't want to be wearing a 800 gram, 1600 gram giant boot. And so like I pack toe warmers, the hot hands, like toe warmers, whatever. If I need to, I can put them across the top of my toes. And so like as we were sitting on the boat, I mean, it was 20 degrees, maybe plus you're wet. And so I you know, gave, gave Joe a pair of the toe warmers and it's like, man, they're game changers. So on hunts like this, having preparation in that is, is key. And then obviously the thing I could have done better was not wait for the camera, shoot that giant buck. Mm-hmm. I mean, you obviously want to get it on film. And I, I had the opportunity to shoot that buck, but you know, it's hard to not when we're, you also have a business to run too. Yeah. You know, it's what we do. Yeah. Film and hunts. It's a whole nother level. It costs, it has cost me so many giant animals and opportunities and successful hunts. Trying to film just makes your success ratio drop dramatically. Mm -hmm. But when you do capture that magic, you know, it's cool. It is so cool to go and watch the video of you shooting that buck that's forever now we get to see it over and over you get to pick it apart too because in the moment i have my memories of, and then i'm like i didn't even see that oh that's what happened to be able to replay and know where your shot went often you you, you don't really know for sure um but yeah so film has its uh it's ups and its pros and its cons um i i would say for me in brad's defense I've learned this lesson a thousand times. It's a rule that I live by. I always have the camera out. It's never in my bag. It's always out. It's always ready to go. Here, the rain is a little bit like Noah's flood rain. Like it was a lot of rain that morning. And I put the camera in my backpack, which I never do. I almost always leave it out and just let it get drenched. And it does pretty good. And we talked about it. And I'm like, look, we're going to motor up. It's dark. We're going to motor up there as fast as we can. It's like an hour and a half hike through the woods to the base of the mountain. And I said to Brad, you know, hey, when we get there, don't let me forget. Let's pull that camera out. Make sure we get that camera out. So if we see something, we're ready to go. Okay. And then we just both got going. Yeah. And we were just. I'm as guilty as he is, too, because I had the camera in my backpack. We were both carrying cameras, but it's so wet. You were going through brush. I mean, it is so hard on gear. Like it's literally the only time I think in the last 300 days of hunting that in filming that I didn't have the camera on my shoulder. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, so when, when the buck was standing there and Brad had his rifle sitting on him and he's ready to go, I started unzipping my bag, had to dig through it, find the camera, pull it out of its case, put the lens on it, you know, and in the course of that, that buck is kind of chasing a doe and kind of moving around and, so I get the camera ready and I'm like, and, and Brad's like, he just, he went in the bushes and that was it. Yep. So, and he never came back out. So big, biggest buck we saw, we saw him for five days. He's a megasaurus. And he's alive. He's the thing is, boy. <laughs> and so for me, that lesson is just hit home again. It sucks to have to learn a lesson twice, but I should have had the camera out. You can't, one of the things that uh, we've talked about is you can't capture magic with the camera if the camera is in your bag. Like you just got to have it in your hand all the time. So when we're climbing up that brush and going through that nasty, the, 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 the desire is to just stuff it in your pack and climb through those alders without it. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to bring people along to, to document the experience. That means you pull it out and you just slog through the brush with yeah. it and your camera's getting beat up. You're checking your microphones. It's just a, it's, it's, it's part of that deal. And I, I never regret that. I, I never am like, man, I film too much ever. It's always, ah, I wish I'd film more. Like when we pack out your buck, we should have filmed way more of that in the dark coming out. That was a long late. I mean, it I'm, takes a lot of extra energy. We got a little that bit of video, but looking back. Adam appreciates it because, you know, I would have if I would have been videoing, I would have got him falling off the cliff almost. Right. <laughs> saving his life. We should have had the camera rolling <laughs> no. when he was face down, hanging off a cliff. Yeah, literally almost. We should have. I, I was worried about. Slipped and almost fell off a cliff and Brad grabbed the antlers that were tied down to the back of my And my only, my only regret was that I wasn't filming it. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. 
It's okay. I mean, I fell like 40 feet down the mountain. So, so it's, I mean, it's deep here. It's deep. Brad fell 40, no joke, 40 feet, just, just whoosh down the mountain. And like there was. Good thing you didn't roll. You kind of stayed upright. I literally like, I put, as soon as I started going, I just slung the rifle over my, my chest basically. And I kept my feet up and I was looking down like, okay, I'm going to at least hit the bottom. I'm not going to go past the bottom of my alders. Yeah. But there was absolutely zero stopping because we, we just got to the tundra stuff, but you're, yeah. it's frozen ground. And so it's just mm. so yeah. slick. Yeah. I'd say, so for my, my biggest regret, the thing I wish I, you know, the thing I've learned is just, again, keep that camera out and at the ready and film as much yeah. as you can. And, and the trigger finger's ready next time it happens to not wait for the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say uh, what I got right. Um, I mean, uh, being friends with the Weatherby guys. I mean, that's. It's a good, good. In all honesty, like this has been an incredible trip. Like I'm so glad you guys put this together because, like duck hunting, yeah, the deer yeah. hunting, all of it, like something I've never done. Man, it's awesome. You don't forget I love it. it. Um, gear wise, I felt like nailed that. Yep, been doing it a lot for a long time. Didn't make the same mistakes JD did. I probably brought. You should have asked me. I had like four extra pairs of down pants and four <laughs> extra. Like, yeah, yeah. Should should have just you know. And the thing is, is, like from for me anyway, you know, mostly kind of hunt to hunt to hunt. My gear, as far as clothing and stuff, really doesn't change that much. Like my puffy pants are yeah. always in there. I always have some just a cut, at least a couple packs of toe warmers, hand warmers, because you never know. Like you get in a bad situation, mm-hmm. especially a really wet area. I always carry like. You know, not with me, but I always have like two pair of rain gear, one back at camp or lodge or whatever that I can go back to just yeah. in case. But two pairs of boots. Two pairs. That's of boots. always nice. Yeah. We had the boot dryers here. So, uh, so Kobe, Kobe, what, what, what about you? Yeah. So a little bit different situation for me here. Like I was strictly filming, photographing, no tag in the pocket. Um, so I feel like I definitely nailed, uh, yeah, my my gear, uh, what I brought camera wise clothing wise layering wise like did really good with that and then um yeah i had had my cameras on my shoulder the whole time oh rub it in rub it in yeah and uh i was two for two two on uh kill shots i had, <laughs> I the, I had the quick ones, so. both of them were really quick draws like uh i was like hey there's a buck on the pack get i mean f- under 15 seconds i'd say having to turn camera on make sure you're in the right settings get on the buck steady um and uh so i i nailed that and i was super proud of myself for that because i'm newer into the filming side of stuff uh photography is uh my bread and butter um which i feel like i was really able to capture the essence of this trip um to just the grittiness of the duck hunt um and the gnarly weather and then just hiking ridges and and uh then people's uh with their buck so felt like i just nailed that and uh, what i could have done better is check the size of the the boots that i brought up so uh i had some schnees show up at the office right before we left and stuff them in my my bag Ooh. and get up here and look i'm like hey tyler i packed your boots up for you <laughs> yeah i was the beneficiary of that one so i was pretty pumped about that yeah so mine they were supposed to send two pair and um oh, they no. had to make uh a pair they got them in the mail for us real quick. They had to make the size 11s. I'm size 12, uh, and uh, the 12s didn't show up. And we thought that the 12s were the ones that showed up. I, did, I put them on in the office. I'm like, man, these are tight, but I need them for the trip, so I'm going to run them and <laughs> packed them up for Tyler. I appreciate that. The only other one, too, is uh, your bag rolling down the mountain and losing some other person's doubler <laughs> on a camera. <laughs> Yeah, so that would be the only other one. Uh, yeah, my backpack rolled probably 30, 40 feet. Like, we're sitting there glassing and just looking for deer, and all of a sudden, Kobe's backpack just goes down the mountain, and then Kobe takes off on a dead run after it. It was all, and he did great, he catches it, but then comes right back uphill. And we're like, Did you lose anything? He's like, Nope, nothing came out, absolutely not. I checked. So, well, I like looked when I came up the hill and I was like, oh, there's nothing laying here. Um, but the, I had, I was taking a time lapse of uh, the mountains and the clouds kind of going. And I, um, Brad and Brian had given me the two to 600 to use, which is, I have a 150 to 600, but it's a barrel lens. It's not an internal focus. So it 
does not do good in the moisture. Um, and then a doubler for a lot closer uh, kill shot footage, which uh, I was like, okay, cool. That's I'll run this. That's great. Um, they're not light, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, I, but I took that doubler off, take that time lapse, and I stuck it in the case to keep it protected. And that's why that zipper pouch was, was open. open. And uh, I ordered. They're a new only six hundred bucks. Hey, yeah. hey. You Ordered know, if it makes you, last night, it's on the way. It's on the way you to feel any better. The doubler and the deer tag are the same price, <laughs> you know, with a license. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, got a new one coming for you. Uh, ordered it last <laughs> night, so <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's my take. All right, Adam. All right, uh, what I probably for me, uh, wind has bit me the past two seasons about three times. Um, and, uh, from, from a shooting perspective, not from a gear perspective. Right. And, uh, you know, this trip, like we said, it was probably over 40. Brian got blown on the ground a couple times, literally mm-hmm. up there. And, uh, so I hit my buck further back and of course ended up going, recovering the buck, another shot, buck's dead. Everything's good. As it turns out, everything's great. Yeah. Um, as a shooter and as somebody who, studies ballistics a lot and i mean it's in my blood that's how our company started was ballistics and sometimes they get overconfident hey our bolts are moving so fast everything's good you come up here you're in this kind of wind and i've had it happen a few times in in the past couple years and so i've kind of said this off season um we we have access to thousand yard shooting range five minutes from the office um that, that weatherby has and so um i just said by next year i want to um i want to get a lot better with wind Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I recently hunted with a guy who was a sniper in the army for 20 years. And it made um, me realize, uh, yeah. after hunting with him, uh, that I have a lot to learn. Yeah. I mean, he can read wind absolutely nuts and, uh, it's just, it's practice like anything else. Right. And, uh, some, some things that he taught me. So anyways, this next year, I want to get better on wind. And in this trip was yet another, it was another reminder oh, this yeah. season of, uh, I just, uh, I didn't, didn't judge it. I didn't respect it good enough. So right. I want to work on that. Um, think on, uh, maybe what I nailed was put together an all-star team for Kodiak 2023. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I just felt like, uh, it was such a great group. I think as, as you said, and to come together and kind of, kind of mix us all, you know, from, from different things from, you know, a new team member, you know, Kobe, uh, you know, and down to JD who's been here and the things he provided, I think everybody had, you know, so he had the experience, Tyler had the duck hunting passion and, and knowledge. Um, Joe came with just an incredible attitude on everything. He must've said, thank you. I bet 22 times to me this trip for inviting them. And I got to go up there and, you know, kick JD and Tyler off the, the deer hunting crew, went up there, spotted Joe Buck, shot one real quick, came down. Joe made a phenomenal <laughs> shot. He judged the wind perfectly. I told him my errors and not judging it. He judged the wind perfectly, knocked down the buck. It was an absolutely incredible shot, 300 yards with that same 6.5 RPM on the range XP, which was cool. And, uh, and then, you know, obviously with the, with the gritty crew, just to hunt with you guys again and, you know, uh, the fact is on day two, I, I shot a buck and then went and did a whole bunch of other things and uh, thought you guys were going to get that big buck like three times over. Yeah. And, uh, we and, saw him. and yeah, and you didn't. And so, um, you know, thank you guys. I, I got to come off with my first Sitka Blacktail and yeah. that could have been Brad's first one. And, uh, and so just, you know, to hunt together and to have you guys have that, hey, it doesn't matter who tags, let's go up there, let's have a good time, let's come off the mountain, hopefully with a good buck or two or three. And so your guys is just your intense passion mm-hmm. to chase big bucks is so contagious. So I, I love hunting with you guys. And so I just think overall, um, it was so cool. Um, you know, you have to be a part of the I don't know, just the the team together um, here. It was fun. Well, so, Adam, a good time. this is my second time, like, really hunting with you. You know, we did the bear hunt in 2021. So, <clears throat> I mean, I let you shoot the bear then. And I let you shoot the buck now. <laughs> I think I think I'm done. I think I'm done now. <laughs> just kidding. And this is always a pleasure. Like, it's, it's, it's such an enjoyment for me personally, like, watching your excitement and you take the buck. I got to see it in the bear in 2021. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, to me – that's just more exciting and just as exciting as if I'm the same one shooting the buck. Like yeah. I get more enjoyment out of seeing somebody else and filming it too. Like being able to capture it on film. We get to watch that. The Honestly, camaraderie, everything. Brad nailed it. He filmed you. He had two cameras going at the same time. 
yep. filming the shot and you behind the rifle crawling through the grass and stuff. It's all live. There's no, like, we didn't, we're not recreating any scenes. This is what happened. It's pretty raw and gritty. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, absolutely. In, in those heavy winds yeah. and all that, you, you can see the wind just ripping on the grass that you're trying to shoot through, yep. shoot, get through. Um, uh, there's a lot of, uh, because there's duck hunting, there was fishing, lots of deer. There's a lot of content that we have captured on this trip. So for folks that are listening, watching, um, stay tuned because mm-hmm. you're going to produce some content out of this, some, right. some film content. We are as well. Yep. Lots of photographs coming out as well. Maybe some, uh, who, who's the writer around here? Yeah. <laughs> some so, articles from Joe. We'll have some new shotgun releases on these prototype guns that we were testing. Um, yes. I'd say they held so up is, just is fine, a lot so. of this shotgun stuff going to be going on the Weatherby flight um, uh, Weatherby page field and stuff. Because I know that's really new too. Weatherby field and flight. We just launched a new, uh, new shotgun. What is it? Channel? I don't know. This is marketing stuff. What? IG. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a page dedicated for shotgun hunting stuff. So it's like, we have a lot of, you know, dedicated rifle guys, but they're, within that we have, a lot of shotgun content uh-huh. we just wanted a place for for guys who like birds and like the upland like small game hunting so we started that channel just so that we can really focus on some of those moments that we capture very cool you will we'll, uh we'll highlight that on whether be field and flight but we did bring our orion side by side 410 and did some small game hunting killed a a nice hair here so pretty oh, cool nice so, so that will probably that's be a, right yeah. that's right i remember some guys complaining about how long it took for you to get on it <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I didn't oh, hear okay. this. Okay. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I think you know we have a great friend, Joel Turner. He talks about punching the trigger. And, yeah, uh, I punched it on a four. When you're on, <laughs> when you're on the safety, going, oh, maybe take the corner. <laughs> yeah, the rabbit's dead. <laughs> As you can tell, we've ribbed each other a lot this week. We've had a ball doing that, and it's been a ton of fun. Uh, Any. Every day we had stuff like that where we were giving each other a hard time yeah. about shooting each other's stuff or forgetting Dude, a safety was on. Or JD, whatever. you weren't there, but you should have seen me try to pump that shotgun. I got video. I saw. Uh, <laughs> we all saw you extra pumped that semi-auto. And you I can, Yeah, I cannot wait for your the gritty folks to see you pumping a semi-auto. I, I have the a best shot. part was the glove flying off. Like after the third try, you're like, I need more more grip. <laughs> That's right, boys. Uh, I haven't shot a shotgun in a long time. Brian used to hunt ducks back in the day. In I did hunt some turkeys, but again, I haven't shot a, a, a non-pump shotgun ever. He went to pump it. It was... Oh, I hope, that, anger I hope that footage on my face. The so banter weird. back and forth. You're like, it's not working. I need another shell. And Rafe is laughing. He saw the whole thing. And Adam's like, bang, bang, bang. You, sh- you just pull the trigger. The new semi-auto pump. Uh, shotgun, yes, is uh, is a great one, isn't it? We I get, like that. I like. Uh, it feels real modern. We're know? getting signals Just, that the charter flight is showing up in five minutes. All right, <laughs> folks, that's it for today. Uh, thanks for tuning in. To Thank the you to podcast. Jerry. Thank you to Jerry Foxtail, Chad, Nolan, Rafe. These yeah. guys were incredible this week. They awesome. worked really hard. Yep, hospitality off the chain. Thank you, guys. Yeah, one thing I want to add, like you know, with the duck hunting, like Nolan and Chad and those guys, when it comes to duck hunting and you know as a guide incredible like if you just want to come up here duck hunting do it because i'm my lifetime duck hunter now i'm real real hardcore so <laughs> brad almost died on the ocean from the videos i saw it looked like it's it pretty gnarly pretty but nasty that just shows like how good these guys are and yeah. you know their experience and stuff so you ever have the opportunity yep. do it do yep. it that's it thanks for tuning in folks stay gritty <laughs>